Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Amen. Well, my name is Emily. I'm Kurt's wife. If you've never seen me before, I get to bring the word this morning, which is, uh, yeah, <clears throat> which is always a great honor to do. I really love Jesus. I really love Jesus. And all I want to do is just fan that little flame in your heart to love him more. That's my whole goal. So no matter what happens, I can't go wrong because it's the right thing to do to love Jesus. It's the right thing to do to love the Lord Jesus. The crazy thing is, is my message whole intro has already been preached, so that's good. I wanted to talk about the, the shifting and the shaking and what we're, what we're experiencing this year as a community. We have never seen a year like this in our lifetimes. I mean, we have a multi-generational church, and I'm saying even people who have some white on top or not, nothing on top, some of you guys, or both, or a little of both. It's great. A little of both. Um, I think all of you would agree that this year is like no year you've experienced yet, right? We are seeing something. I think if you are not awake to the fact that, that God is doing something in this earth, and it's time to get right with him, I mean, Bible prophecy is happening right now. This is a really good time to make sure that your first love is Jesus. It's a real good time to make sure you're not looking to people or issues or platforms, but you're looking to the king who cannot be shaken. The title of my message today is very, very clever. It's just called Intimacy with Jesus. Okay, it's not clever. It's just what I want to talk about. I just want to talk about it. I want to talk about intimacy with Jesus. I want to talk about our first love relationship with the Lord Jesus. I really feel like God is calling us to refocus this morning. I'm the mom of the house. I'm going to just mom you. No matter how old you are, you need this. No matter how long you've known the Lord Jesus or how deep your relationship with him is, you can grow in intimacy with the Lord Jesus. Of all the goals in my life, I want to have a great marriage. I want to have a great family. I want to steward finances well so I can give more. I have goals to like change the world, but I would fall short if my number one top goal in life wasn't just to love the Lord with all my heart. We would miss the mark if all my thoughts were about things and issues and stuff, and it wasn't about the loving the Lord Jesus with everything that I am. What if we were a people who the first goal of all of our lives was to love him? Yeah? You guys want to buckle up? Get on board? Buckle up, buttercup. Jesus could have chosen anything to make the greatest commitment of all. He could have picked be kind first. He could have picked love your spouse first. He could have, he could have said preach the gospel as the number one thing you should do. He could have said, make sure that you say my name 45 times a day everywhere you go. That could have been what he said. That's the first thing you should do. But he didn't. Do you know what Jesus said the most important thing for a successful, blessed life is? Let's go there. Mark 12, 28 through 30. I'm assuming you're scrolling. I don't hear any paper, so... 
you guys are, or just reading. All right. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Let's read this together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. With all that we are, we are to love him. And sometimes this feels intimidating if you're like, intimacy with Jesus feels, ew, I don't, I don't know about that. I love Jesus. He's my friend. But I don't know about this intimacy thing where I give him everything that I am. And it's like this. It's like, say you're pretending like, okay, so you're in a friendship with the opposite sex and there's starting to be some feelings there. And there gets to this point where you're not just casual anymore. You're like, no, 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 no. I actually, I don't want to just talk about what is funny. I want to know what you're about. I want to know, Jesus wants to know everything about you. It's not casual. He wants to define the relationship today that you would be totally intimate with him with every part of your life. Every part of you. He wants it to be not a friendship that's surface level. He wants to be everything to you. He wants to define the relationship. How do I know this? Because when Jesus knew he was going to the cross, there's this beautiful prayers recorded in the book of John. Just look for all that red. It's awesome. And he prays to God, his father, in John 17, 26. He says, I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. That this love of the Father that Jesus experienced would be in us. He was praying for us. That, that the love of the Father would be in us and that Jesus himself would be in us. That's not just a casual thing. That is like he wants to unite his spirit. He did unite it when you were saved. But guys, we have growth we can do in intimacy with him. That we would think his thoughts. We would have his countenance. We would be like him wearing a glove. That's what we would do. That's how close he wants to be. But some of us have intimacy issues and we're like, God, I have a headache today. That's actually Greg Brown's joke. I told him what I was preaching about, and he's like, I think people are like, God, I have a headache. <laughs> when it comes to intimacy with Jesus, I don't want to. And then our other friend was like, well, maybe God has a headache. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> jokes. These are jokes. All right. I'm trying to define what intimacy looks like because it can feel so feely and lofty, but it is super practical. It is super doable. It is... It is something we can all do more, okay? This is not because I'm a female and I'm more in touch with that nature. It is something that David was a man after God's own heart. He was a radical warrior. He fought battles with God and for God from intimacy, okay? This is a violent, passionate love. It's not precious and pretty and cute. It can be, but I think the violence of the cross demonstrates this is a, a ferocious love, this is a ferocious love. Okay. So this is my small definition of intimacy. What does it look like? It's simply receiving his love and loving him in return. That's what it is. It's receiving first and loving him back. And I want to unpack that. That's a very simple definition, but I'm just going to kind of hit it, hit it, hit it. Okay. 
So what happens with that, the breaking of this flow, this beautiful flow of Jesus, thank you, I receive your love, and I'm going to show you my love, is where those intimacy issues come in. Everything about this is a battle between your ears. Everything about it is your thought life. Everything about it is what do you actually believe? What is your reality? What lens are you looking through? Are you able to say, God, thank you that you love me. I receive your love. Or do you feel like you are partnering with some lenses that are not real? So when we break that feeling of I can, I can receive God's love, a lot of times we've had past trauma in our life. We've had abuse in our life. We've had neglect. Sometimes we make presumptions about God based upon our own thoughts and experiences, and we're afraid he's going to abandon us because that's what we experience. We are afraid of betrayal, that I'm going to make myself vulnerable, and you're not going to be there for me, or you're going to leave me. We're afraid of being rejected, and we're afraid of being exposed, that if I love him, it's too much. He's going to see it all, and other people are going to know it, and it's just too much for me. So that's why we sometimes will put this, this gap in our minds between us and God and experiencing that flow. Nobody else? Nobody else has these thoughts? So we project intimacy issues onto the Lord. We begin this cycle of lies that are untruths, that are less than the thoughts of God in our lives, and it makes us feel really disconnected from Him. How many of you have ever felt disconnected from God in your mind? Guys, I don't know if you know this. I'm a pastor. I'm like a professional Christian. And I have to take authority over my mind. These lies happen to me. I am not a perfect person. I do stuff that is so dumb. And I'm just like, what qualifies me to stand in front of these people? You know what? He does. He qualifies me. Okay? So I'm not standing up here saying, I've got this figured out. I'm saying, man, I want to love the Lord my God. So I'm going to preach about it so it'll spark a fire in all of us. All right. So here's a lie. I think I'm going to put it on the screen. I don't know. Lie. I feel like God can't love me because of what I've done. Even after I have repented for my sins, I still feel guilty and ashamed about what I've done. So God must be ashamed of me too. How many of you had this thought? You're just like, oh, I'm so stupid. He's mad at me. I, I'm just too ashamed. So let me ask you this question. Are, are your feelings more true than God's words of forgiveness and the blood of Jesus on the cross? Are your thoughts and your feelings more powerful than his words over you? Okay, this is what I'm, I'm, we were singing about break every stronghold. Do you want to know where strongholds live? They live in your thought life. They want to build a fortress of protection between, they don't want you to have any access to the love of God. They want you to feel like you're a scumbag in your mind so that you don't believe God loves you, and then your life will be a reflection of that. Okay? Here's another lie. I didn't pray today and prove my love for God, so I need to work harder for God to truly love me. How many of you deal with that? I deal with that sometimes. Like, I didn't do enough for God. I didn't read the Bible long enough, or I didn't pray for that person, and man, now I need to try harder. And that is so stupid. So this is the question that you ask if this is you. Was I acting perfect when God drew me with his love? Right? Oh, ooh, hmm. Can I say that again? Were you acting perfect when he drew you with his love? Were you? 
come on, Scott, he met me right where he was. This is the answer to these questions, Romans 5, 6, or 8. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He doesn't love you because of your performance. He loves you because of Jesus' performance. He is perfect. He is righteous. And he puts his righteousness on us. That's what qualifies us. Have you created a God in your own image? Have you made him to be how you are or how your dad was? Have you made his, his responses in judgment and anger in your mind? Is that just because that's how you would do it? You know, getting in the business. I read the Bible that said he's making us and forming us into his likeness and image. Are we getting it mixed up? Are we forming him into our likeness and image? Or are we forming into his? Come on. All right. So I want to get in there today. <laughs> I want to give you three practical steps to, to develop an intimate relationship with Jesus. Just three simple things. There's many, many more. These are the things I was feeling the sauce on, okay? All right. Step one, I already talked about it. Receive his love. Simply receive his love. This sounds really simple, but it's really not. It is a big deal. You have to constantly say, thank you for your, your, your love for me. And I was kind of thinking about a couple examples of being a bad receiver some of us are bad receivers. How many of you feel awkward when someone gets you a gift? You feel uncomfortable. Why? Isn't that stupid? It's really dumb. I kind of struggle with that. Their delight is to give something to you, and you make it really weird when you don't just say thank you. <laughs> it's really, really awkward when somebody has like gone out of their way thinking of you. They've spent a lavish amount of money because you are so worth it. They saved up. They created a moment. And you're like, oh, I couldn't. I don't know. No, thanks. Or, oh, please don't give me that. That makes me feel weird. That is your issue. That is like a real issue. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> you got issues. And I'm not trying to say... I don't, but I am saying that is gross. <laughs> Think of if a man wants to propose to his girlfriend. He wants to make a covenant relationship with her. What do they do? They get like clarity, cut, quality, you know, carrots in their brains, and they're like not sleeping because they're thinking about diamonds and the perfect setting and the perfect metal and taking her out to dinner and creating this moment. I know I'm not trying to make some of you guys feel bad, so just pretend this is like a rom-com on TV. It's not you guys, but just be with me. So don't, don't put yourself in the shoes, guys. You're fine. We love you. You don't have to be perfect. But anyway, this guy has created a moment. He took her to dinner. They're dressed nice. They've got the violins. They've got the candles. He takes her to a second location where there's flowers and there's this music and there's a friend that's going to photograph the whole thing. And she's like, oh my gosh. And he gets down on one knee with this huge 15 carat Diamond, and he gets down on his knee and he says, I love you. I want 
to spend my life with you. I want you to have my babies. He says it just like that. (laughs) And then she looks at it, and she's like, thank you. I will pay you back every penny. (laughs) I will pay you back every cent for that ring. Because, you know, that's a lot, and I don't really deserve it. So I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to make you an IOU. I'm going to work hard. Work real hard for that ring. Are you a good receiver? That guy wants to put a ring on it, so he's like, back off everybody else. God wants you to wear his love because it shows the world something beautiful. He wants you to be robed in righteousness. He wants you to wear it. It's really good. It's, It's good looking. It's a good look for you. Wear it. Thank you, God, that you clothed me in your righteousness. Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you that you spilled your blood for me. Because of your love, I can love you in return, and I thank you for it. Can we be good receivers this morning? All right. The second step to having an intimate relationship with God is to renew your mind. I already talked about this a bit, but I just want to get in there because this is like step one is you receive. Step two is you renew your mind. I'm doing our words, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) Okay. Renew your mind. Everything wants to mold us. Social media, media, politics, everything influencers, all the people out there, they want us to walk like them, talk like them, listen like them, do whatever they are doing because we by nature are sheep and we want to follow because we're made for the good shepherd and we're good at following. But listen, we need to, who are we following and why, right? And so the Bible talks to us in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to vigilantly watch over our minds because we will be shaped and conformed to a pattern if we don't see it transformed. How do you transform your mind? It's very simple. You read the Bible. Step one. Anybody have a problem with that? You don't just go look at the cute quote from every pastor. You read the Bible. You read the Bible, okay? That's where transformation happens, along with the power and the presence and the revelation from the Holy Spirit. There's an intersect there. That is where transformation happens, is in the Word of God and the Spirit of God. You will be changed. Your mind will think like His. And then you become very violent with like, man, Jesus is not thinking this thought. I'm not going to think it either. It's breaking intimacy, It's breaking connection when I think like the patterns of this world. It's putting a gap of connection between us. The enemy would love it if you're focused on people. He'd love it if you're focused on issues. He would love it. He would love for you to think about everything and be conformed to a pattern of this world. He would love that. That would make his day. If you were after all the causes in the world, but you weren't loving the Lord your God, he would be so happy about that. It's kind of like you are uh, thinking and you love, uh, your thought life is like Totino's pizza, you know? And God wants to give you lobster and filet mignon in your thought life. And you're like, no, I'm just going to microwave a Totino's, bro. <laughs> you know? He wants to give us the good stuff. He wants to give us rich thought life, okay? Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. 
For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Our minds need some guardrails, guys. This is where those strongholds happen. So when it's, it's like this. When you uh, want to receive the love of God, and then this thought will come in your head of like, you can't receive his love today because of what you did yesterday. Sorry. Like, I know what I heard Emily say, but you actually screwed up, so that doesn't apply to you. Your mind will do this. You will walk out of here, and tomorrow you will be like, oh, that thing I said. Now I feel awkward around God. It happens. How many of you know this happens all the time? The way I can encourage you to keep a guard over your mind when it comes to what you're going to agree with, it's exactly like forgiveness. How many of you have had to make a tough choice to release somebody for hurting you or offending you or doing something that, that you had justice in it, but you chose to let go of it? You feel good. You walk away. I forgive them. What happens then is you'll run into somebody or something will happen that will trigger you and you'll be like, I'm really mad at them again (laughs) and I forgave them, but now I'm mad. So that's where the choice comes in. Do you choose to continually release them or are you going to pick that back up and start thinking in offense again? The same thing is with a renewed mind. Are you going to take up the offense against your own self? Are you going to punish yourself? Are you going to say, you know what? Now that I'm remembering what a jerk I am, God must not love me. It's just really easy. Are you guys? (laughs) This is real simple stuff, but I feel like it's important. It's good stuff. Okay. So when the enemy comes to you or even your own thoughts come to you, I am a loser. I'm a wretch. I'm a scumbag. I'm a hypocrite. I'm a liar. I'm worthless. And I am alienated from God. This is where the renewed mind comes in and you say, nope. And we're going we're gonna to put these up. I, I hope we have a slide. Do you have a slide for the things I had? All right. So I want to read these together. Um, his word says that I am, read number one, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Ignore the question mark. Okay. Because I was going to say, am I? Some of them will have a question mark and some won't. And I forgot to tell them. So shh. Okay, I'm a professional. I'm a professional. All right. So when those lies come that I'm a wretch, nope, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a child of God. Number three, I am accepted. Number four, I am forgiven. Five, I am able to access the mind of Christ. Number six, loved and worth dying for. Seven, holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Even when you're accusing you, it doesn't override what Jesus says toward you. What? You need to renew your mind and believe it. When I hear one of my kids walking around and they're like, if Evie, since she was very little, she'd say, I'm stupid or I'm slow and I'm just dumb, you know. I stop her and I say, nobody talks about my kid like that. You can't talk about my daughter that way. She's saying that about herself, but no one talks about my kid that way. You have to teach your kids young to renew their minds and say what God says about them. In the same way, Father God says, don't talk about my kid that way. You're not stupid. You are not a scumbag. You are not a liar. You're not a wretch. We're going to renew our minds. Amen? 
All right. That'll help you to have an intimate relationship with God. Step three, we reflect love back to him. We do this in many ways. We did it in worship today. A life of, of, of a flow with God is receiving his love and reflecting it back to him. Receiving his love and giving it back to him. How do we do this? We do it with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is powerful. Be thankful. And it delights. It lights his heart up when you're like, thanks for the gift. Thanks for Jesus. Thanks for that. God, that's amazing. Appreciate it. We worship him. And when we worship him and we're in that place, of course you're going to grow in intimacy with God. When his presence comes and you're giving him love and worth and, and assigning praise to him, you're going to get to know him. And he's going to be working in you. And the third thing I was thinking of with how I reflect and I show my love to Jesus is when you love the least of these and you don't do it in front of people, you do it for him. You love what he loves and you serve people you do things for people that are small. A cup of cold water doesn't go unnoticed in heaven. It's the way you lavish your love on Jesus in this, in this life. We have a special needs daughter. She is amazing, but for an almost 13-year-old, there are many things that I have to do for her that a normal, a typical 13-year-old could do for themselves. And sometimes I get overwhelmed and I think, God, it's an honor to take care of someone who can't take care of themselves because you love the least of these. You love her so much, and I am going to take care of her because I love you and because you love her. That is a way to reflect my love for Jesus. That's a good way to keep that flow going. Amen? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we can have access to a powerful life-giving flow of intimacy when we receive, renew, and reflect. Um, I just want to quickly talk about the results of an intimacy with Jesus' life. My life is one of, of just fruitfulness because I love God. There's nothing special about my story. There's a lot of hiccups along the way. But I've loved Jesus with all my heart for like 20 years or more with everything that I am. I've had bumps. I've had hard things, but I love him. And now today, I, will, I get wrecked sometimes just sitting here going, you know, when I worked at Safeway, when I was a bagger girl, I learned customer service. I learned to look people in the eyes and smile at them and take them to things. I stand here at church, and I'm like, it's the same thing. You just look at people in the eye, you smile, and you take them where they need to go. This is what I, you learn along the way when you walk with Jesus, you love Jesus, everything in your life leads up to fruitfulness. Like the skills I learned just by loving God in ordinary life taught me everything I know, need to know for this season. And I hope I'm storing away for the next season. Because when we take care of our hearts, there is a, um, a harvest 30, 60, and 100-fold. He can do so much more with your life when you're just yielded and surrendered to him than you could do on your own. I'm telling you, I used to take my guitar when I lived with people and I wanted to spend time with God. I'd just throw my guitar in the car and I'd drive to a field. <laughs> and i just worship Jesus in the field just to be alone with him. Like, I'm not saying that because I'm cool, but I am saying he noticed it. I am saying he noticed it. And now there's fruit from it. And now I get to stand before you and we give money to Mozambique where Christians are being beheaded through a ministry God lets me have just because I love him. We get to sow into Israel. We get to sow into all the world through this church, through you. 
just from loving Jesus. It's so much more fruitful than a business plan. When you love him and you just walk through your daily life, he does such miracles. I am amazed at him. He is so, it's so fruitful. My life might not be perfect, but it's fruitful. Can we be more fruitful by just loving him? I promise he'll do all the heavy lifting. He wants to. Yeah. Amen. The second thing is um, he, when you have a love relationship, intimate relationship with Jesus, you get humility. It's kind of in there. You just receive it. And with humility comes protection. Some people are like, oh, you don't want to... I don't know. There's a lot of fear in the church. There's a lot of fear. But when you can love Jesus with all your heart, there's a humility in there, and God will protect everything in your life when there's humility. Your priorities are straight. You're not going to get out of whack. You're going to always be thinking with the mind of Christ. And there is such a protection when you are under the covering of, I love God. I'm just doing what he's saying. So there is a safety in that. It is the safest place you can be. He will give grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. So you are safe. You are safe. You are safe when you keep Jesus the love of your life. Your finances are saved. There's a protection there. When you humbly say, this is my stuff, but I'm giving it to you. There's a humility in putting everything before him. And he will protect you. Amen? All right, the third thing is authority. There is provision there. So when we see through the lens of faith, when we are faithful with little, when we're loving him, he will grow your authority. He will give you more to what you can handle. People are always like, how big do you want your church? How, how, uh, how big are you going? I'm like, I don't want to get weird, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like is the church I'm signing up for. So God, we will steward this and you will give us authority up to the boundary of what you've called us to. But up to that boundary, he will give you authority when you keep him first. Sometimes it starts out, I was just, I learned how to pastor by leading a small group. But I would pray for them every week. I would show up when I was tired. I would just be there. And slowly by slowly by slowly, as I'm growing in maturity and character, God's increasing my sphere of influence and my authority. And I don't want to step outside of that. I'm thankful for the size of the church that it is right now. God is so good because he knows how much we can handle and what we're going to get weird about and what we're not. So I'm saying the cool thing with God is you go all the way up to the edge of the boundary of what he's given you, and you stay into there, and there is provision in that authority. He will provide the money. He will provide the people. He will provide the time. All your dreams, your wildest dreams will come true. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> if you vote for Pedro. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying there is there's so much grace in being intimate with him. Everybody's hashtagging my best life, living my best life, hashtag my best life. Your best life is loving Jesus with all your heart. You cannot outrun his blessings. You will not fail. You can endure hardship. Last year, I broke my neck in a car accident, almost died. I had a couple surgeries. I mean, last year was rough. And I don't, I don't know what it all means, but I just know when you love Jesus, you have grace to not get a bad attitude and get weird. It protects you. 
Okay. So all I want to talk to you guys about and as we close is I just want to say it's time to think about what you're thinking about. Can we make space this week just to love him, just to let him love us? Can you make space this week to like be alone with him and receive his love? Can you make space today? Today, just to say, God, I receive your love. Help me receive your love. Holy Spirit, help me receive love from Jesus. That's the first step. And then you say, Jesus, help renew my mind. Pull down anything that's not right in my thinking. I just pull it down. And God, I worship you. And you reflect it back. I'm asking you guys, can you think about what you're thinking about? I feel his presence just saying this. This is what he wants. This is what he wants from us. So God, I thank you that it's easy to love you because you're beautiful and you're worthy. But God, we need help. We need help with um, just not being distracted. God, would you woo us away? Would you draw us away with your loving kindness? God, I ask for people that have never encountered a, a loving relationship with you, God, that you would touch their hearts. You'd put a fire in their bellies as they look at the man with eyes like fire. God, would you show us who you are? Would you give us a grace to love you and to walk with a renewed mind in this earth, God? God, I thank you that it is the most effective form of ministry we could ever do. We're passionate for you. You change the world through us, God, and I pray that this church would change the world (laughs) just by loving you just that easy, God. We bless you. We thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.